0: You wanna change the world. So. so do I. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to the Curious Christians Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Chavera, here with my co-host, Pastor Roger Kranz. Hey everyone. Guys, we're super excited to have you, as always, listening to this podcast. And uh, our community is growing, so if you guys aren't already, become a part of it. And you guys can become a part of it by going to uh, the Facebook, uh, The Curious Christians. You can go to thecuriouschristians.com. We also have an Instagram, so follow us on all those sites and make sure that you guys become a part of this community.
0: Yeah, we love it when you uh, subscribe, so um, that's what we'd ask you to do.
1: And guys, we know this community is building because I feel like um, we've already heard it in a few people, but we notice it in ourselves, too, that we are actually growing in God with this podcast. It's something that He, is actually ha- he has His hand in, and He's affecting our lives.
0: Absolutely. You know, when a question comes across... Um, sometimes we, we, we need to look it up and, and, and take reference to it and see what God's Word says about it before we um, even attempt to answer it. So, um, yeah, absolutely, we're, we're definitely growing from it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think uh, in my case, I think I'm growing a little bit faster than I think I am. So uh, real quick before we start, uh, I'm actually going to get the privilege of uh, going in front of the Panama City Beach. Uh, it's the Planning Board Commission, I think it was. Um, But they're going to have a bunch of people there. And it's actually for the uh, 9-11 ceremony and also the planning board meeting. There's going to be a bunch of people there. And uh, for some reason, God put it in my path to uh, open up the entire meeting with a word of prayer. Uh, My sergeant had called me and said, uh, hey, you know, you've been selected and they're going to bring you up there. And I said, "Uh, why is that? And he goes, well, I think you're the only one in the department with a Christian podcast. (laughs) So I started, I had to laugh a little bit. But um, immediately I thought there is no way I'm ready for this. There is no way that I, you know, I can go in front of all these people and, and, you know, open up with a prayer. And so immediately I would uh, you know, I, I actually went to the Lord in prayer and, uh, he gave me a piece about it. So, uh, hopefully this is the start of me being able to come out, uh, publicly in all areas of my life and, you know, uh, display to everyone that I'm a Christian, that I live in faith and that, um, I am this new person in God.
0: Yeah. And you know, the, the beautiful thing about God's word is he shares with us that when those opportunities come available, that we're not to think about what we're going to say that his spirit will give us the words. So, um, you, you know, it really is a step of faith, a leap of faith to go and do something like that because you, you, you're not going to have it written out. You're not going to have it planned. It's just going to come to you and uh, God's going to work through you. And it's a great opportunity for you.
1: Yeah. Like I said, uh, this will be my first time. Um, I I think that I'm actually going to get an opportunity to step out in front of people that I don't know. And so up until this point, I've always had, um, you or my wife or my parents or somebody who knows that I am a Christian and that is my faith. I think what's difficult is, um, you know, being in my line of profession, we, you know, we don't talk about, um, faith much. I don't know if it's really ever came up. Um, and You also have a certain persona and a certain um, type of attitude. And so when I'm in that type of uh, position, like I said, it doesn't come up much. So this is my first time that without anybody who knows this side of me, that I'm going to step in front of them and basically show who I am. This is who I am. I am a Christian. This is my faith. And I get to lead them in prayer. And hopefully, this is actually something that's going to touch people and they're going to see right into my heart and say... Wow, this is a guy that I haven't seen before.
0: Yes, that's what I was just going to say. You know, it's probably going to open more doors of opportunity for you um, in in this area. So, uh, great opportunity.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, without further ado, we're going to get into our uh, topic tonight. And so, uh, I want to go into this topic with an open mind. And I want to start off by saying that um, this topic is something that affects every single person, probably. In this world, uh, we all know someone who's been through it. If we haven't been through ourselves, and it's very difficult to talk about, so we want to go into this with an open mind and also be understanding. But we're going to talk about divorce tonight, so it is going to be a little bit of a touchy subject. But um, we're going to dive into it and uh, see where where the Lord leads us in this. So I'm just going to open this up in general as a very broad topic, and then we'll dive down some different avenues. What does God think of divorce?
0: Well, that's an easy answer because he's very adamant about it in the word, um, it actually he actually uses the word hate. So he, he says he hateth divorce. So um, it's he's very clear where his stand is on divorce.
1: So when we have these type of instances, there is a million different ways that a divorce could go down. Every situation is unique because these are two people who are uh, individually unique in their own way. They marry each other. And then whatever problem got them to separate, while sometimes it might be financial and that could be categorized as one, each step that led towards that divorce is different. And some of them, these people might even say was inevitable. Um, if if your spouse has an abusive drug issue and you yourself have taken every step to try and fix this. At what point does do you actually turn to God and say, can I get divorced? Is this acceptable at this point? There's nothing else you can do.
0: You know, every situation is different. Um, <clears throat> as a pastor, um, we've, we've counseled many, many people over the years. Um, and, it, you know, I, I thought you were going to ask me a different question. I thought you were going to kind of, I thought you were going to approach this a little bit differently. So I, I kind of had a, a couple thoughts in my head of how I would answer it. But, um, you know, you know, in all, in the years we've been doing this, I can, I can uh, say without any hesitation that there, there's never been a couple that we've met that couldn't get it worked out. Now, did they many of them did divorce. Okay, let's as a disclaimer, many of them did divorce, but they didn't have to. And you know, if, if I thought you were going to come at me with the with with maybe the approach like what's the number one reason you know, because I I have answers for those. <laughs> uh, well, uh, like I said, this, this is a topic answers. that we
1: can go into to many different avenues sure, with, sure. and um, you know, this this could be an entire week's worth of um, podcasts, first questions and answers, then you know, uh, practices and what you can do. So I don't want to limit what we can talk about, but um, I am curious what what would you say is the leading cause of divorce.
0: I would say that it's um, it's, it's a, a loss of communication between the husband and the wife. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, in, in our life and, and, and the way that we grow up in this world, we're taught to approach problems and we're taught problem solving, right? And, uh, and so, so when we get married and, and problems arise in the marriage, Automatically, we kick into solve the problem mode, and um, and and the, the problem with that is that we we try to change the heart of our spouse. Whether it really doesn't matter whether it's drugs, whether it's money, whether it's fidelity, whatever whatever the problem is in their marriage, uh, and it may be all three in, in some cases, right? Whatever the problem is, it always it always once you boil it down and 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 brush the top off the the pot it always comes down to the heart where's your heart you know there was a time that you loved each other because you wouldn't have got married lest you did right so um so so what we try to we try to work backwards with our counseling and we, we we go back to where they were in love and then we, we, we go forward and see where the problem started. And, and it always ends up, most of the time, it ends up the same way, where each spouse tries to change the heart of the other one. And we try to tell them straight up, and we'll tell all our listeners now, man cannot change the heart of man. And, I, and when we use the word man, obviously, we're using, we mean women too. People cannot change the, the heart of another person. Okay, it can't be done. It's not, it's not possible. But there's someone who can and that's God. So what we do is we immediately kick into problem solving mode when we should have kicked into prayer mode, right? So um, rather than go to the source of the one that can fix the problem, we try to fix it ourselves and if so if you said what's the biggest problem when it comes to divorce that's the biggest problem is that we the the spouses try to solve it themselves and when they real they there's every time they come to a point where they realize okay i just this is just isn't going to work now they don't blame it on themselves they don't actually say i can't change their heart what they do is they blame the spouse right that that's the blame game we don't even need to go into that because Everybody knows what that is. So, so they, don't, they don't blame themselves. They blame their spouse. But really, that's why we, you know, as a pastor, we don't ever marry anyone unless they counsel with us. They have to go through a pretty rigorous counseling uh, session, several sessions. And, um, and then I can tell you, most of the time, um, we tell them that they're not ready because they've got to make it through that counseling in order for us to, to to actually do the ceremony for them. And and we tell them that right up front. We tell them, you know, 80% of the people that come to us we we, we usually don't marry. So, uh, you know, are you sure you want to go through this, right? With us. And a lot of times they say, "No, we'll just get a justice of the peace or we'll, we'll we'll seek out another pastor or um, and and then every once in a while people will say, yeah, I think that would be good for us because if we can make it through that, you know, that's that's a great, um, that's a great way to tell whether we're gonna be compatible uh, because part of our counseling is sharing with them that a marriage is not twofold. It's not a husband and wife. It's, it's a husband, a wife, and God. It's a threefold. A marriage is always a threefold. And if you don't, this is what we tell them, if you don't have God in your marriage, we're we're 100% sure that marriage won't work and i always have i'm i'm going to put this out there because I, there's always a disclaimer for everything uh, this, this this is our disclaimer there's always someone that comes back and says well my parents have been married for you know 65 years and they're not christians or they didn't have god in their life and so we we just look at them and say has it been 60 years of happily married and, um, and they don't ever say anything back with that because it's, that's really the, the number one issue. So um, hopefully we just got that first question answered. It's, it's always um, they fail to go to God. They try to solve it themselves. Man cannot change the heart of man.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I like how you also, um, you know, reference that a marriage is between uh, three people. It's between you, your wife and God. And that's very important. Me and my wife actually just started a um, a plan on one of our apps that we're doing. We're trying to look for uh, more ways to bring God into our lives, bring God into our mm-hmm. marriage. And uh, today's topic was about um, how marriage started. And it was created by God and the first thing it said kind of struck me but it it makes sense it was that um, God designed marriage basically for you two to grow in him it's not just so you guys can get married and be happy together forget that the you two as husband and wife are to grow in him and that is part of uh, a plan or that is part of you guys growing together and happiness Or joy, as we're going to call it here on this podcast, is a result of that. It is not the cause of the marriage. It is a result of the marriage with God. So I I love that um, within the very first couple sentences, it opened it up. And it it really boils down to exactly what you just said, is that to have a joyful marriage, to have a marriage that lasts 65 years, and to look back and say that you loved uh, just about every bit of it, it's because God is gonna be at the center of it and he's gonna take away um, any of those doubts, anything that uh, would have sparked up any animosity in the marriage. So, um, you know, I absolutely love that. And then, you know, just, I can say that um, people who bring God into their marriage are also gonna experience a lot less of the traditional uh, marriage stress, you know, finances. Um, I've been there before with my wife that we've been uh, financially struggling. And it always seemed as though when we asked God for peace, He gave us peace. He gave us a way. You know, I'm right now. I have uh, two different businesses that I'm doing. That was an answered prayer. But that sparked in a time of stress in our marriage due to financial stress. You know
0: yeah, you know, the the great thing about God's Word, it, you know, we call it all the time. We call it the handbook of life and, and we call it that because it touches base on everything that we do in this life. And marriage is no different. It, it talks about marriage. It talks about finances. It talks about, you know, anything that, that you go through in your marriage is found in God's word. So if you're, you know, if you're not utilizing that book, first of all, you, you know, you're crazy. You, you can have a very happy marriage and a very happy life. And that's really what God intends for all of us, whether we're married or single, that we have a, an abundant, he calls it an abundant life. And, and, and when people... You know, I would, I, would, I would challenge all our listeners right at this moment to ask yourself, is my life abundant? And and you'll just have to dig down deep to figure out what abundant means. But really, ab- ab- abundancy, abundant is is all all circumferencing your life. Every area of your life, is it happy? Are you, I mean, you and I talked about this the other day after the podcast we, we talked about. There's times in our life when um god gives you glimpses of what it would be like you know i i I call them little glimpses of heaven because they're 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 moments that you just you want it back and once you've experienced it you want it again and um and so god gives us those little glimpses and he does that in marriage too he does that in our marriage that there's times you'll look at your your wife or your husband and, and you God will just put a love in your heart for them that goes way, way beyond anything you've ever experienced before. Like and and it grows. It grows the the longer you're you're together. You know, I shared this with a, a couple last year. I was counseling them before um, they got married. And and I was sharing with them, you know, my wife, when I first saw her, she was just drop-dead gorgeous. I mean, she was the prettiest thing I'd ever seen, you know. And and so, obviously, I went over and met her. And we started talking. And then we started dating. And eventually, we got married. Well, so it, it was, honestly, I can tell you, it was a physical attraction to begin with and then when i got to know who she really was it became more than physical it was now it was physical and emotional and then i was sharing with this couple over the years it's it it gets to the point when i look at my wife i don't even see her physically anymore i see her soul i see beyond what my eyes see and i look it's almost like looking at her heart when i see her so her physical attributes, I mean, we've been married um, 30 years now. And her physical attributes are, I don't even, I hope, she doesn't, I hope she doesn't take this the wrong way. I don't even notice them like I used to because I see her soul. And so she means so much more to me than she did when I married her. And so now we, you know, I, I understand what the word soulmate means. She's my soulmate right? So we understand those words now. And I was sharing with this couple, you know, the things they have to look forward to if they keep God in there, because I, I would never have seen that if God hadn't shown it to me. It, it, our relationship probably would have always been physical and maybe some emotional. and that's it. But God allows you to see beyond the outside, So that's the great thing about having him in your marriage. That's just one of the great attributes. Yeah, one of many, and
1: you know, it's like you said, if if God's in your marriage, that's what you're going to eventually experience. And so, um, it's it's just so important to keep him in there. But I want to go back to something that you said um, a little while back, and that was uh, you were basically referencing, you know, someone that you at one time loved, and that's how you start that you work your way back. Um, that is something that has always baffled me about divorce Um, I have seen so many bad divorces where these people hate each other I mean just they can't stand each other they're always talking bad about each other and I've never understood that at one point you loved her so much you loved him so much to say that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with that person and that was developed probably over time i mean if you guys got married after 10 days it probably wasn't a (laughs) a, you know it probably shouldn't happen anyway but you know if you actually dated that person for a while decided you wanted to get married went through with that what really went so wrong from you saying that you absolutely love this person want to spend the rest of your life with them to the point where you know you guys are trying to set each other up so that you can one-up each other in court over a custody battle or something and on top of that this makes me so mad. I can't even stand it. I see parents bad mouthing other parents of divorce and it just breaks my heart. That is, that is some kid's mom that you're talking about. You know, my, my parents, they've been together for, um, I think they've been together for almost 30 years too, if not 30. And, um, you know, we, I've, I've seen arguments and I've seen them make up. That's, that's kind of how, how it's been. And it would absolutely devastate me if they got divorced and all they did was talk bad about each other because that's my mom. I love my mom. That's my dad. I love my dad. And I'm sorry that it didn't work out between you two. But when you start affecting your child by saying bad things, I just don't understand that. Because at one point, you loved her so much to to want to spend the rest of your life with her. So I understand that point from working backwards. I just I hope that people who get counseled can see that as I do, because at that point, you're searching for that
0: yeah and you know part of the counseling process it's 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 not very difficult it's pretty easy to counsel a married couple because what we do is we go back to when they were were in love right and we work backwards and and sometime in that process we find where the problem started and it's always the same thing you know as a as a husband and wife part of the thing that you do even from day one, even from the day after the honeymoon, okay, part of that process is growing in grace together, right, you're growing in grace. And when you have God who's first and then your spouse is second, then you understand, if my husband is first, or my wife, and my, my spouse is second, I'm third. I'm not first on that list. And, and where the problem started, when you work your way backward from when they fell in love and you start working back, where the problem started was when that grace, when, when God exited, and, and God doesn't exit your marriage, you exit Him, right? You shut the door in Him. So it was when God stopped being part of that marriage because the two took Him out. And then instead of growing in grace, you started growing in self and you put yourself above your spouse. And that's not how God says to be. He said, you know, husbands love your wives, right? And he said, wives, you love your husbands. And and he told them how to love them, right? And in the marriage, the husband has a specific job. And, the, and that's another podcast, so we're not gonna even go down that road, but, and the wife has a specific purpose, right? And so when they both have a specific purpose, they have to know what that is. And when one starts to do, starts to take the purpose of the other over, then that self gene kicks in and, and that's when the problems start. And, it, and the problems never get better from there, they only get worse until everybody realizes, hey, the, the, the reason is because God's not in. Now, it, it doesn't matter if that's happened for a year or if it's happened for thirty years, it doesn't matter. It is always repairable. Let's say that again, so everybody gets it. It's always repairable. There's never a time that that your marriage cannot be repaired. And uh, if you have anyone telling you any different, um, that's not biblical, because it, God can do anything.
1: Yeah, and you know, I also. Um... I've uh, had friends who have gone through it before, and um, one of the things that I I heard that they did that got me really upset, and I've never agreed with this, and I'm I'm wondering your stance on it, what you would say, but um, the counselor that they were seeing recommended that they do a trial separation, and when I heard that, I just had a fire light up in me, and I was angry, because I feel like, why would you practice divorce? That doesn't make any sense to me. Where does that logic come in? I I guess the only thing that they can say is that the quote maybe that absence makes the heart grow stronger. Not absence in anger. Not absence when you are having issues in your marriage. You need to learn how to work through those things together. I understand if they are absolutely making you angry and you need to step off for a couple minutes and maybe go to a movie or go ride or something and just you know get your mind off things. But a trial separation, that... I think that is a absolutely terrible idea.
0: Yeah, it is, and we don't ever recommend that. But as another disclaimer, we do need to say that um, the Bible does say that um, when when both parties are angry, it's better for them to separate until the anger is over. now that that I don't believe that means for any length of time. It just means while they're angry at that moment. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a, and I'm going to paraphrase this, so I'll probably chop it up pretty bad, but there's, a, there's a, a portion of the Bible that says it's better for a man to go out into the wilderness than to be with a, something like a hot-headed woman or something like that. It's, it, it, and, and what it's meaning is when angers flare, it is time to get away from each other, but that's only for the moment. That doesn't mean for a long, any long length of time, Maybe maybe at the most for a day right? So um, so we advocate that at times. But um, as far as a separation or a trial, no, um, we don't advocate that because in our own life, we know. I mean, there's been many times I've been sent away on jobs or I've, I've had to leave my family for a week or two weeks, sometimes longer. And, um, and I'll tell you, any time that I'm away from my wife, uh, there's more temptation in my life than there than, than ever and so it's never good for you know i mean god said when he created adam he said it, you know he all the things god created he said you know he created this and it was good and he created this and it was good and he created this and it was good but then he said when he created adam he said it wasn't good for the man to be alone right so it's not good for a man to be alone and and, and you know the bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing so there's a, I mean, you have to know God's word in order to spit all this out and be able to cipher it all. But the the long and short of it is, it's not good for them to be uh, separated for any length of time. Um, you know, that absent makes the heart grow fonder. It may be true when, when, when the absence is because of a job or because of, you know, um, Whatever, But not when they're having marital problems. <laughs> I mean, that's the opposite. Of yeah, definitely.
1: You know, I also think um, I watched a movie one time and uh, it was a Christian movie. And I think kind of the basis of it is what I'm about to say. And that's um, it's also important for sacrifice, you know, to understand that uh, you are going to have to sacrifice certain things um, or you're going to have to try when the other won't. You're always going to have to try to put that foot forward if the other one's not willing to. Me and my wife have this great thing that we do. We are so good at it, and I love it, and I hope it never goes away. We are perfect about when one is angry, the other seems to not be. And I'm specifically referring to the kids. So there will be a time when maybe they're just being crazy. Maybe they're fighting. Maybe something's going on. And one of us is just on the verge of snapping and the other one it always seems like it just seems like it's always this Perfect moment where the other one will put the hand on the shoulder and say Just go to the room and go take a nap or go to the room and go play on your phone for a second Just relax. It always works out. You know, I'll tell her that she'll go relax She'll tell me she'll like just go take a jacuzzi or something relax and it's just absolutely perfect. So we're, you know, we have that relationship, but, um, kind of back to what I was saying before, I watched a movie one time and it was a couple who had actually said they're going to get a divorce. And, uh, this, uh, pastor had handed the husband a book and it was a book. It was like a 60 day book. He said, if you want to get a divorce, you can get a divorce only after you go through this book and actually follow it. And, uh, I'm probably botching the story. You probably know what I'm talking about, but I think I'm botching it anyway. Um, it was very. It was something simple every single day. The first one was like, you know, get her some flowers. He gets her the flowers, and the very first day she goes in, like takes them and throws them in the trash. And he was like, forget this, I'm done. He's like, just try it. Try the second day. He Comes and gets her, you know, her favorite chocolates or something. I, once again, I'm probably botching this whole story. If you've seen it, I know I'm messing it up, but no, this is no, kind of the good. gist of it. And, um, you know, day after day she's like angry about it. She's, you know, why are you, why are you doing this? And then as you see it slowly start to progress she, um, she turns around and she just collapses and she's like, you know, why are you doing this? And he's, he himself grows and he's like, cause I want you, I want this to work. I want to love you. And the, in the end they, you know, are stronger for it. So that type of sacrifice of being almost a bigger person, sometimes you have to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, that's a great movie, by the way. Um, but, you know, you, before you said that, you, you mentioned um, you have this great thing that you do and it works. You know, that's that's part of our counseling process is, you know, we, we take them separately. We take the husband and wife separately and we ask them to write down in your marriage. I mean, it couldn't have all been bad, so write down what, what has worked. What did work, you know, before all the trouble started? What was working? And we focus on the positive. And that positive reinforcement, and then there's another time that we meet together and we ask him what didn't work, and then we redefine the things that didn't work. We keep what did, we redefine what didn't, and so it, it's very similar to that what, what that movie does, you know. But um, that's part of that process. So it was it's good that you notice the, the the good things in your marriage, and and you know we would encourage every listener that hears our voice, it, you know. Figure out, I mean, we hardly ever stop, still, stand still long enough to um, stop and write those things down, but you should. If you're married and you're hearing this, or even if you're thinking about getting married, write down what's working in your relationship and put it somewhere. Put it in the back of your Bible or put it somewhere it's not going to get lost. And, and then when those hard times come, pull it out and read it and then focus on those positive things. And, uh, and, and then, and then at there, there'll be a time when you need to sit down and write down what's not working. And then it's time to redefine those things. And God will give you the guidance you need in order to do that. But you wanna talk about what makes a great marriage. You know, I, I could rattle on all about my marriage, you know, with my wife. There's things we do like that too. But we have a little thing that, that I do. I, I do it pretty much daily. Um, at some point in the day when she least expect it, I, I'll look at her and say, have I told you lately that I love you? And she always says the same thing. Yes, you told me yesterday. And, uh, and she smiles. And so it's always made her smile, so I figured it's a good thing to do. So, you know, that's just one of the hundred things that we do together. You know, um, those things are important. You know, I heard someone say one time, it's the little things that keep a marriage together. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I I, I I agree with part of it. I think it is little things do matter, um, but it's it's really the big things that keep a marriage together, and the number one thing is God.
1: Definitely, and you know um, I like that you you know you you still take the time to tell um, your wife you know that have I told you I love you. My wife does this really cute thing where she tells me that she loves me so much right before she asks me to get her food. <laughs> and it just—I I know what she's doing, <laughs> but um, I also think it's very important that you—you um, you want to make this work. I feel like some people get in this—in uh, this mindset where they almost want it to fail. You know, y- you say that you know in counseling, you ask um, people, you know, well, describe something good about her. If your answer is, "I like when she stops talking," that's not—that's not you trying. You know, you have to actually want this to work. If you If you actually put the work in then you're gonna come from a place where you can work from but if it's all her fault all his fault there's nothing you're doing wrong you're never gonna fix that it's it's about bringing God in and accepting that you both need to change and you need to have God fix that
0: yeah um, every once in a while in the church we offer a marriage counseling getaway and um and there's specific things that we insist upon number one you can't bring your cell phone number two it has to be off campus it can't be anywhere near the church so um normally we'll we'll rent a a a van or a couple vans and we'll take everybody to um like the last time we went we went to Dahlonega Georgia and we went up there for four or five days and and so what what we do in the in that counseling is we meet in the morning and then we go on a a fun activity in the afternoon, and then we meet again in the evening. And every time we meet, we do some type of exercise to learn from. And I, I just thought of one of them because of what you just said. Um, one of the exercises is we get all the men to sit on one side of a table, and all the women to sit on the other side. They're they're the husbands and wives across from each other. And then the the husband gets blindfolded, and the and uh, and then we we dump a little puzzle. It's like a little 25 piece puzzle in front of each, each couple. And we give them a time limit. They, the, the, the husband can't say anything and they have to take complete instruction from their wife. And, and so the wife has to instruct the husband where to, where to find the pieces and how to put the puzzle together. And they can't see they're they're blindfolded. And, and you, you'll, it's really unique to, to be there and watch that because you'll see, um, Undoubtedly, you'll see the, the the couples that have God in their relationship and the couples that don't. And it all comes out in a little puzzle because the ones that have God in their relationship, they have, God has taught them how to communicate and how to communicate well with each other. And the ones that don't, they get frustrated and I, we've even had some rip the blindfold off and push the puzzles on the floor and they get so frustrated. It, it's amazing. The, you know, and, and everything that we do, all those um, little things, that's all God-centered. It's, it, God has given us, you know, all the curriculum, everything that we do. We, we don't use anyone else's curriculum. It comes straight from God's Word. But uh, that reminded me of what, what you just said reminded me of, of that um, that little illustration because that's such an important thing is to be able to communicate um, and and be able to need one each other at some point and then there's another thing that we do with the wives and then the husband gets to do it but uh, you get the gist of it you know you, you've you got to have that communication and you and, and it's amazing to see how God y- utilizes his relationship with us to teach us how to communicate with our spouses you know yeah
1: and guys this is all the time that we're gonna have for this topic tonight um, divorce is a very uh wide topic so we might do this a few more times uh throughout the year uh, and each time might be um a a different topic you know a different section of it if you guys have any questions specifically about this that you'd like answered please write in we'd be more than happy to talk about it and uh see what we can come up with see what god gives us his answers and so um, we hope you guys learn a lot tonight. We understand that every single situation is different. There is no judgment. There is no uh, finger pointing. There is only, we're coming from a place of love. We're coming from you know, a place where we believe God wants uh, you and your spouse to, to live a
0: life of happiness. That's right. And if you write in with a question or a comment, you might win a t-shirt that you can give to your spouse.
1: That's a great gift for if she's angry at you. That's right. (laughs) So, guys, like I said, this is all the time we have for the podcast. We thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next one.